You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, and this is February 10th, a Thursday. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your host, and I'm joined by National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patania of 24-7 Sports to introduce some of the big names, some of the big prospects, and some notable recruits in the 2023 class as we put the 2022 class in the rearview mirror that was last week, National Signing Day. We've got a full calendar, Cooper, to look ahead to and to start setting up our readers with some of the names to track. But first, before we get there, I want to ask you, how, how are you? You've been, you've been busy. You've been doing some, some stuff on the road. And I know you have been used to being in the college football offices, but what's it been like to go out to some of these camps, go out to some of these events and, and you know, kind of get a taste of, of what we've been doing for, for, for some years? been awesome it's been um, really a bit of an eye-opener experience for me just as you said getting a, a really good feel for for what you and a lot of the guys that we work with uh, really do on a on a day-to-day and uh, you know for me going down to Orlando going to the pylon event down there with Andrew Ivins and, and getting to see that live that was really good for me we got to see Carnell Tate and, and Brandon and his two guys within the top 20 in the in the 2023 class so that was different. You know, that wasn't an element of the job that I was really exposed to outside of prospects being able to come to, to camp uh, over the summer. So that's been neat. Got to fly down to Fort Lauderdale, spend some time down there and getting used to being in front of the camera and uh, spending time with Steve and, and Josh Pate and Andrew Ivins, all those guys. So it's been great, man. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, you guys did a phenomenal job there on the National Signing Day 2022. And, you know, I did mention, obviously, when recruits were being evaluated at your previous college stops, they had to come to you, right? And you had to kind of be able to evaluate them in that camp setting on campus, whether that was a showcase or a private workout or whatever it may be, as some of these prospects were hoping to land an offer from those college coaches. But now you're able to go out and see them on the road. Does does the evaluation itself change for you? Are you able to kind of see maybe some different things that perhaps you weren't able to see in, in college? How how do you how do you kind of balance some of the the things you've been able to see? It changes a lot. I think for me, the individual, it, it, it helps put this puzzle piece together in a certain manner. And I think being able to to go and see these players live, not only from a physical standpoint, getting to see and eyeball them in, in, in their stature and their growth potential, but to see them move around and on top of that, their demeanor and their competitive temperament. So that adds a lot of context. And it really wasn't something that I wasn't sure how much it would account. But just even seeing those two guys, as I mentioned earlier, gives me a really better understanding of the players and a better understanding of the individuals, just kind of seeing how they go about in a competitive environment. So uh, it's definitely added been a benefit for me so far. 
Yeah, as we dive into the 2023 class, there will be an update to the top 24-7 coming soon. And I think the conversation has to begin at quarterback. It's a it's a loaded group nationally, obviously with a big name like Arch Manning, who has the likes of Bama and Clemson and, and Ole Miss and Texas and so many other schools after his signature. Uh, Malachi Nelson, the former Oklahoma commit, who's now committed to USC and Lincoln Riley from Los Alamitos down in Southern California. And then the other big time quarterback early on is Nicholas Iamaleava, who has been, you know, kind of tearing things up and, and rising up a lot of these projections and upside boards. And, and, and in terms of the recruiting rankings, is probably the fastest riser among these quarterback groups. He's uh, wasn't a known commodity around this time last year, but has really risen. Uh, you know, can't overlook Dante Moore either um, from the state of Michigan. Uh, he's been a phenomenal prospect to track. Those are the four big big names at the top, but I, I know from a depth standpoint, this 2023 class could be super special. What do you like about this this group, Cooper, when you look at it, when you evaluate the film, and, and now when you're able to kind of see some of these guys throw the throw the ball around in person? It's an exceptional class, and I, I think all four of those guys that you started with at the top, they all are in a, a different point of their development. You know, Arch Manning is probably the most complete prospect. What we've seen out of him, a guy who's played a lot of football at Isidore Newman in New Orleans, has a, a very good pedigree coming from the Manning family, very well documented. And he has continued to improve year in and year out. And I think uh, when you take a look at some of these other guys, maybe the, the picture is not as complete, but Malachi Nelson, just a very natural passer probably you can make an argument maybe the most natural passer in this quarterback class and in, in the class of 2023 for him I think what you like about him is the fit at USC and uh, in, in the familiarity that he's had with Lincoln Riley throughout his recruitment being committed to Oklahoma and then as coach Riley transitioned to USC it just makes a lot of sense and with the lineage uh, of success that Lincoln Riley's had in his offense I think there's a lot to be excited about with Malachi Nelson. And then we talk about Nico sitting there well within the top five at, at, at number four and the number three quarterback. That just says a lot about that group altogether. But if there's one guy that could make a serious move over the next year, it would be Nico uh, Iamaya Leva. I think he just drips with upside. He's he's the type of guy that when you watch him, just pops on tape. He's a very natural, smooth thrower, can make any throw on the field. He's got an elastic arm. He moves pretty well for his size. He's going to have to continue to fill out and, and improve in a couple categories and in, in regards to his accuracy as well. But that's one, you know, with a very high developmental upside. And then Dante Moore, that you mentioned as well, just does everything right. More of a high floor prospect, very intelligent, plays well within his game and his skill set. And if he ends up at the right place, you know, that's that's the type of guy that I imagine having a lot of success at the next level. And then it's kind of that second tier as well, starting with Jaden Rashada from California. So there is a lot of talent in this quarterback class uh, and heavy talent up top. We're talking about three of the top five players in the top two, four, seven at the quarterback position. I'm I'm really excited about this offseason and I know we just got started, right? It's February. National Signing Day was last week for the 22 class, but there there's something about knowing that in the next few months everything will begin to sort itself out, whether that's at a camp or at an Elite 11 or uh, at some other showcase where we're able to see some of these guys up close and personal and take reps after each other. You know, I think for the most part we do a lot of the evaluation on film and 
and we're able to dissect things. But there's something special about seeing Arch Manning throw a football and then seeing Malachi Nelson throw the the very next rep and then seeing Nico Yamaleava throw the, the very next rep and, and to kind of see the differences in how quickly they get the ball out, how accurate they are, how they read the certain you know route or the defense. Um, there, there's a, a lot of really good stuff that comes out of the next few months for us in terms of the evaluation process. And I, I wanted to get back to, to Arch Manning because I think a lot of the narrative right now is about his level of competition. Now, I'm not sure if you've seen the clip Coop, but there's a there's a clip there where he, he he's scrambling and you know he's 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 making some plays with his legs and he's a very good athlete, Arch Manning. But there you know the, some of the players that he's kind of brushing off and maybe you know running past uh, aren't aren't your typical high level high school football recruit, and, and that that has brought up the, the the question of you know how good is he and 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 is he a byproduct of his last name or a byproduct of his competition level? How do you differentiate? when you are looking at him and add some context to what he's able to do on the football field when you see that maybe he isn't playing the Austin Westlakes or the modern days or the St. John Boscos of the world? Well, the competition component is is very critical to the evaluation process, which is why I think you look later in the season, you look at some of his games against the best competition. And I think that's been a little bit of the, the conversation with Arch Manning in, in regards to the competition and how he's fared. Now he's got three years under his belt. You, you have to remember he started since he was a freshman. So in a lot of ways, I think statistically, he's taken a little bit of a dip. But everything that you're looking for there in, in terms of what you want to see with, with Arch Manning, not only the way that he projects at the next level, but how he plays within himself already. I think, you know, I, I think there's this, I'm trying to figure out the right way to phrase it, but there's this perception with Arch Manning that, and he is, it, it comes with the territory of being the number one prospect in the country, that he is this complete player. And we talked about this with Drew Aller. Drew Aller is a 60% passer coming out as a number three prospect in the country. And in order for him to take the next step, that's going to be a, an area of his game that he has to improve. Arch Manning, by no stretch of the imagination, is a complete player yet. But in terms of having the tools and the intellectual power and, and, and everything that you look for in a quarterback and the athletic ability and ability to extend plays and, and play off schedule, he possesses all those tools. Um, and I think it is very fair to question the level of competition. I think what he has going for him is that he has a larger body of work. So we've now seen that over three years and, and we've seen him play at a very high level over three years. And I've seen this before. I mean, guys like Bryce Young, who played at a, a very exceptional level, what happens is you you have so much, so much exposure to these prospects that you start nitpicking them which is part of the evaluation process, but you almost become bored with their elite level of play. Yeah, and it I happened that, last that, year, right? With, with Quinn Ewers, when we're able to see him at the Elite 11 Finals in Los Angeles during those four days. And, you know, maybe he struggled here or there, or wasn't making the throw that that a Devin Brown was making or a Drew Aller or someone else that was at an event. And you start wondering, okay, you know, how good is he? But, you know, you kind of forget that you've been riding with Quinn Ewers as the number one guy, as the five star, as a no doubter for such a long time that you know once you build someone up to number one you start to maybe start attacking you know reasons why they shouldn't be number one 
Sure. And, and those guys, like I said, it comes with the territory. They're going to be heavily scrutinized. I remember that with Bryce Young coming out. You know, he had more film on, on him than the majority of the prospects, and we spent more time on him than, than any other prospect. And, and that being said, it, it gets to the point, I remember that we had him on a, a camp circuit, and it, we were questioning the body language. And it gets to the point, it's like, it's almost like a redundant. So, and, and I think that's important. It's and critical uh, to, to keep in mind when you're evaluating the likes of Arch Manning and Malachi Nelson, names that have been on top of this class uh, for quite some time. Yeah. Let's talk to, or let's talk about the number one defensive prospect right now in the top 24 seven for the 23 class heading into the rankings refresh. That would be Cormani McLean. He has one crystal ball over to Florida state. He has one crystal ball over to Florida. He's a five-star corner from the state of Florida. Uh, so a lot of those schools out there with the new coaches will try to be, be making a push for Cormani McLean to keep him in state. I know Miami is also uh, heavily involved there with a new defensive backs coach coming in uh, in Coach Day, But when you look at Cor- Cormani McLean, when you evaluate his film, what makes him such a standout prospect and, and right now the number one defensive prospect in the class? He's multidimensional. I think when you look at him, you look at a guy that can do a lot of different things. He can play in any scheme, whether it's a press or a zone scheme. I think he has excellent man-to-man ability. He can play the deep part of the field. He's got verified testing. He's got excellent ball production. I believe he had six INTs uh, last year in his junior season. Three-phase player. He can give you a little bit in the return game. He's got offensive production as well. This is what we call a very clean player, and you feel him on tape. And when you're talking about this range of players, one through ten, you want to be able to to turn on the tape and it doesn't matter who you are, whether you, you whether you're in a position like me or whether you're just the, the average Joe, you want to be able to see what makes that guy special. And it doesn't take long with Cormani McLean. And, and, you know, I know Chris Singletary is very fond of him. There's some Travis Hunter comparisons as well. I think Cormani's maybe a little bit more physically developed than, than Hunter was at this point in his career, but He's a dynamic type of player with excellent ball instincts, and he's a dude. Like That is really the conclusion when you're done watching his tape. Yeah, phenomenal prospect and, and a playmaker. You know, he's been tested and, and whenever he is tested, he makes a play. Like you mentioned, Travis Hunter making an impact the way he was as, as a no doubter on both sides of the ball and Kamani McLean doing a lot of that same stuff on the defensive side. We're going to continue our conversation looking at the 2023 class names to know. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We're back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We are looking at some of the big names, some of the notable recruits to know heading into the 2023 recruiting cycle. And we touched on the, the quarterbacks. We touched on Komarami McClain, who's the number one prospect on the defensive side of the ball. And you know, when you're talking about quarterbacks, this name will, will sound familiar, Coop, and that would be Uyanga Lele. He's got a younger brother, Mateo. He's a 6'5", 255 uh, pound prospect out of St. John Bosco, plays tight end, plays some edge. We have him rated as a defensive prospect, so we we envision him being a, a defensive lineman uh, and making an impact on a defensive front. But make no mistake about it, this is a, a big time prospect who could be a an impact player on on the offensive side of the ball too. And, and you know, right now with the transfer portal, and I don't want to put things out there, but you know, who who's to say that Mateo and DJ might be might not not be able to reunite somewhere uh you know whether that's at clemson or whether that's somewhere else yeah and he's he's a special pro, uh, prospect in his own right i think when people hear that that last name they jump immediately to dj and for good reason but mateo sitting there at number five in the top 247 you mentioned it i think he immediately what jumps out is the size 6'4, 255 but he moves with grace he is a exceptional athlete off the edge is a two-way prospect and everything he does he makes look easy he's a pretty effortless athlete the way he moves he's natural can bend the edge closes space very quickly and for him he's still trying to figure it out as well i mean he, he's not spending all of his time at one position so i think at the next level when he's able to focus really along the defensive line or, or playing in a two or three point stance depending on what scheme he is this is a guy that has high developmental upside high athletic upside and has a chance to be a game wrecker at the next level. I'm interested to see what kind of player we're going to be able to see Mateo Uyangalele become once he's able to take some breaks, right? Like this is a, a player who's playing some of the toughest competition in America at St. John Bosco uh, and isn't taking snaps off, right? He was a, a big time target for Pierce Clarkson and Kate Hauser at Bosco on the offensive side of the ball. And then he's a three down lineman on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, once he's able to get his conditioning up and really hone in and focus on, on a series of plays, I'm really interested to see how special he can be. And obviously, we believe he's he's got a, a lot of special playmaking ability as the number five overall prospect heading into the rankings refresh. And another player that is very special, and, and this is one we were touching on a little bit before we, we hit record here on this podcast, Coop, and that would be Zachariah Branch, the dynamic receiver, special teams ace, uh, whatever you want to call him. He's the dynamo uh, out of St. John or out of Bishop. Gorman in Las Vegas, already committed to USC to join his brother Zion Branch, who was a top 24-7 safety in the 2022 class. And Zachariah gives Malachi Nelson a dynamic weapon to go along with his teammate Makai Lemon once they arrive in LA. Yeah, he's lightning in a bottle. That's that's really what you get. Zachariah Branch and his brother, I'm not sure if I've seen two bigger genetic freaks in the last two or three recruiting cycles than those two. Excellent track and field background. Zachariah Branch is a sub 10-400 meter. And then on top of that, 4-4-240 as well, all within the last year. So they're getting a lot of speed there. But the great thing with him is when you turn on the tape, you see that speed on the field as well. So he's very dynamic. You can, you can move him around. He's a very good chess piece. And this is another really good fit. We 
talked a lot about Relique Brown, his fit within Lincoln Riley's offense. This is a guy who's very similar. You put him in the backfield, can put him in the slot, has enough dynamic playmaking ability that you can put him out on the perimeter as well. He's going to give you a day one jolt in the return game. And, and there are some similarities there when you start talking about the NFL comparisons. You see a little bit of Tyree Kill. And I expect Zachariah Branch at Southern California with Lincoln Riley. He's too good. He's too talented not to be able to make an impact early in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, he ran a 10-3, I think, as a sophomore right at the BYU Invitational, which was, I mean, just eye-popping. And he has set a Bishop Gorman record with two more track seasons to go if he does decide to run track as a senior at Bishop Gorman. I know there's not early graduation at Gorman, so I'm expecting him to to stay there this this coming year. You know, I think for him, it's going to be really interesting to see how early he's able to see the field. I know uh, from a physical standpoint, I I would still like to see him bulk up a little bit more and become a bit more durable. Um, he did miss some time early in his high school career because he was getting banged up and, and maybe he was a bit too light to take some hits. Uh, so that's going to be one thing to, to monitor for me when looking at Zachariah Branch, how much he's going to how much he's going to be able to put on in terms of weight and whether he's going to be able to to stay on the field because when he is on the field, he's he's an impressive, impressive prospect. Coop, I did want to ask you from SC to the rival Notre Dame, uh, Keon Keeley, he's an edge prospect who, who we really like and, and a player that um, you know you see rising uh, on the recruiting rankings uh, list for the 2023 class as well. Well, every update we've had since I've been here, Keon Keeley has shot up the board. You know, it was really the Newman game, which was on national television when Tampa Berkeley Prep went and traveled to New Orleans and, and faced Arch Manning. And he was arguably the best player on the field that day. Had, there's a great edge presence with him. His length, 6'5", 230 pounds, probably more in the 240, 245 range. But he is a long, natural, sudden pass rusher who can beat you with speed or quickness off the edge or can beat you with his ability to go speed to power. So, He's a multi-dimensional pass rusher. I believe he's only just scratching the surface. He's still growing into his frame. I love his play temperament. He's got a high motor. He's got really good lateral run and chase ability. And this is a guy who plays with a really high motor. He's a great fit for Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. And trust me, I I love this guy's upside. This is a, a guy, believe it or not, sitting at 24 as much as he's risen already I expect to continue to climb for us in the 2023 rankings yeah Notre Dame right now with the number two rated recruiting class in the 23 rankings it's early but Marcus Freeman has that that staff and that program moving in the right direction from a recruiting standpoint uh you know no blinking right with, with Brian Kelly leaving and, and there hasn't been a drop-off some could even say that that's been a bit of an energetic hire for that program to be able to uh, sustain losing a coach to another big time job that was LSU and to, to, to kind of sustain some of the recruiting process um, has been very impressive. Brandon Innes was one that you touched on when we when we kicked off the show. You got to see him in person recently. He was a part of that dynamic pairing with Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon and DeAndre Moore, uh, prospects that were committed to Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley was there. Brandon Innes has since decommitted from the Sooners, uh, I think he's still going to continue to assess his, his process and 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 you know kind of look at at, at Oklahoma as as a potential option. But um, what what do you like him or what do you like about him and what do you think makes him such a a, a unique and special player? 
Well, what we talked about, you know, being able to see these guys live and played on the same seven-on-seven team as Carnell Tate, another guy who's the number one receiver in the country, honestly. And, you know, coming away from that, you, you can make the argument that Brandon Ennis was the most impressive one. He is a physical player. You feel him uh, when you watch him play. He's got great ball skills. Uh, and this is a guy who, who thrives after the catch. He's really more in position to contribute early at the next level. Just looking at his frame, he's, he's probably somewhere in the 180 to 190. 90 pound range. And, and this is a guy who's going to thrive in the short to intermediate part of the field and is a really good 50 50 pass catcher as well. So I love his mentality, his competitive temperament is, is a phrase I, I keep coming back to. But there's a guy when, when you're out there, you're watching seven on seven. Certainly, if you didn't know who he was before, you're going to be asking who he is by the end of it. Out in Washington, D.C., uh, there's a top 20 player, Nicholas Harbor, who's a 6'5 athlete, about 230. And we touched on him earlier on the podcast this week with Steve Wilfong and just kind of his blend of academics and athleticism. Have you ever seen a player this unique with his size, his speed, and just his wit and, 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 and intellect? I haven't in terms of athletic projection. I mean, he's I mean, he's he wants unicorn. to be a brain surgeon, Coop. His dad, his dad works at NASA. He's a, he's a fascinating story. You know, I looked up his, I believe, his 200-meter uh, time. And since 18, I, I want to say since the late 1890s, they've been keeping records in track and field worldwide. And he would crack the top 2,300 200-meter times worldwide since 1890, which if you think about that is just – it's it's pretty mind boggling, uh, but this is a guy who's he's six five. He's comfortably over two hundred pounds, and the way he moves is just rare. So you add that excitement to the athlete, and then you see him on the football field. He is far from a finished product, but there's a lot of coordination there. The way he bends the edge, he's a two way guy. We've talked a lot about where is he going to end up? Is he going to be on the defensive side of the ball, maybe playing in a three four or a four three with his his hand in the ground as a defensive end, or is he going to be playing tight end? And I think. If you're a coaching staff out there, you just take him and you figure it out. And wherever he wants to play, you let him play. But he has a very, we, we talk about it, he has a rare combination of size, speed, athleticism. This is somebody certainly, uh, you know, I talked about a couple of weeks ago, he, he, he will be destined for Bruce Feldman's freak list in a couple of years as he prepares one day to, to, to play in the NFL. But uh, I'm excited about him just to see his maturation process and where he ends up at the next level. Yeah, a player who, like I mentioned, has just as, as a highest ceiling on the academic side as he does on the football field. And that's very unique, something we don't really see much very often. Coop, before we go, I, I did want to ask you just, I'm, I'm curious, and I think the readers might be a bit curious and our listeners here on this podcast. When you go out to an event, What's the evaluation process like for you specifically? Like, are you taking video? Or are you taking down notes? Are you, you know, I've seen some guys, uh, some coaches uh, when they're out at, at, at events or when they're out at, during the spring, uh, the spring evaluation period, recording voice memos on their phone, like to, to kind of recall what they're seeing in, in, in real time. Uh, is there a, a, a right way to do it? I think everybody has their own way in their, in their own process. You know, for me, it's, it's less about, 
covering the event, which is part of the process for us as well, being able to, to generate content. But on the we evaluation don't, we, we side- We don't care who wins, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's one misconception, right? Like we go out to a seven on seven or we go out to a camp and you know everyone's like, oh, I won this this rep or I won uh, you know fastest man or I, you know what or, or I won this this game uh, we I we we've never written a recap where we're like hey you know this team won this game <laughs> yeah for me it's just more individually about being present and I know that sounds simple but it was my first time doing it in Orlando I had a had a small notebook and what I do is I try not to get focused on on the names in the faces but uh, my guys and body type uh, see the way they move make small notes here and there but really just kind of watch. And I think for me, the, the biggest revelation is getting to see the way they interact. And, you know, we've talked about that term competitive temperament. I have a lot in this short segment that we've had today, but that's a big deal. You know, getting to see these guys interact, how much do they want it? Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, in, in, a, in a really what you would call meaningless event, how important is it to them? And, and being able to see that, it's hard to evaluate that off a of tape, especially off a of highlight tape, you know, and then everybody is going to give you the best version of themselves when they're on campus. So seeing the way these guys really are, and, and we got to see that in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl. And I think that's a big piece, you know, that, that tells you a lot uh, in terms of, you know, you see what you want to see on tape, uh, but seeing the way that these guys kind of approach their process from individual drill to team run to 11 on 11 to special teams, you know, you can learn a lot just over one practice and, and seeing who has it in terms of a, of a mentality and, and from a focus standpoint as well. So for me, I think even at an event like a seven on seven where you're not necessarily representing your, your high school, but a seven on seven organization or team, that's when you're like, okay. And we saw that with Cornell Tate. He's just got a very calm, smooth demeanor. Like his personality represents his play style. And that's the same with Brandon Ennis. And what you love about Brandon Ennis is maybe, maybe Cornell Tate, you can make the argument, has the higher athletic upside. But Brandon Ennis is like, you know what you're getting with that dude from day one. And that has really, that that comes back to the feel that you get from the personality of the player. That's that carries the, on over into the uh, the overall evaluation. Sure. And that is, that's, that's one of the most difficult parts of the process to evaluate. So being able to see that live, that's critical. Yeah. I mentioned this on the podcast last year uh, during, I think it was March or April. Uh, I went out to an Under Armour camp in Texas. Um, and, and usually when I'm at events, seven on seven showcases, camps, whatever it may be, I recognize a lot of players and a lot of recruits facially or by their mannerisms, or I know, you know, their coaches or their parents or whoever. I was I, I was a fish out of water in Texas, right? Like I, I had no idea who any of these guys were. Uh, I had a roster sheet and I had to kind of figure out, all right, who do I who do I like, right? Like who who are some players that that um that stand out to me? So that was a lot of fun, and uh, I think that's that's sometimes it's it's unique to be out of my element to to kind of see some of these players. And you no, know, it, it was uh, obviously interesting to kind of hear your your take on on what it's like to go out to some of these events because we're going to be going to a lot of these events and, and covering a lot of this stuff over at 247sports.com. Cooper, I, I can't wait to bump into you, whether that's at the Elite 11 or, or at some camp before then. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Appreciate it, mate. And the last point I'll make, Blair, is like, that's the beauty of it. Almost going into those events blind, it's beneficial for you as a talent evaluator to go there, trust your eyes and see who's who. 
and then go back and say, okay, all right, that was so and so, right? Or right. like, hey, let, yeah, let's say guy- we see a we see a rep, right, and it's Cormani McLean versus Carnell Tate or whoever, and, and you don't really know who they are, but then you go back and you're like, oh, that's Cormani McLean, right? Like now it exactly. makes sense, right. And the other way around, that guy was at the event, and this is where we have him. I didn't, I didn't see him. I didn't feel him. I didn't, nope. didn't notice you know, where him. Was he blended he? in. Yep. Exactly. So, no, I think, you know, we're, we're very fortunate on our side to be able to get the exposure that we do and, and our company being able to send us coast to coast to evaluate the best players in the country. But anyways, Blair, I appreciate you having me on, man. Enjoy it as always. All right, Cooper. Thank you. And, and we're going to continue to refresh the top 24-7 for the 2023 class. It was fun to break down some of the names to know as we flip the page to the 2023 recruiting cycle. For Cooper Patagna and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Blue. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.